uh, we talked about transfiguration. We're getting into those the the eternity that you uh, you yeah. teased now. Well, as we look towards this Feast of Tabernacles, now, for most of us, you're not Jewish, you didn't grow up Jewish, and you don't, you've never been to, to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem, and so you really have, I mean, it's a party, it's a celebration, but unless you have that culture, you have really no idea what they're doing anyways. Right. And oftentimes, what ends up becoming a tradition is something that God never intended anyways. And sometimes it's just not reading a little deeper to see if maybe there's more than what we're seeing here. Just like he wants more of Jesus. Well, we want more of Jesus. And so if you want to understand the Feast of Tabernacles a little deeper, you have to look at those shadows and types. So we're going to go back to Egypt for a moment. Too, because, you see, the Feast of Tabernacles is very, very much attached with the Exodus. Hmm. So let's dig in for a moment and see if there's some revelation here that maybe the Jewish nation as a whole has really missed out for all these mm -hmm. for a good, you know, 3,500 years. Looking for a revelation to help us understand better re revelation. Yeah, That's exactly. It. Yeah, I like it. For over 3,000 years, every generation of Jew has been celebrating sukkahs and decorating them, eating, sleeping inside of them. In fact, we watched some videos and stuff last night of them tearing things down in uh, Jerusalem and in Israel in general. But they'll sleep inside them, they'll dance, they're celebrating in the streets and uh, 40 years with God in the desert. That's kind of the, the idea is we're celebrating this time that God sustained us and cared for us and all this. And Well, Tabernacles is one of the most joyful feasts you'll ever experience because obviously it represents eternity as we're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. But what if there's more to dance about than the Jews discovered? What if they've missed <laughs> the main point here? <laughs> Let's go back to the Exodus to when God brought them out and see if there's something more to his commands to celebrate this yearly feast, all right? Leviticus 23, you shall dwell in booths, or Sukkot, for seven days. All native Israelites shall dwell in booths, or Sukkot, that your generations may know that I made the people of Israel dwell in booths, Sukkot, when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am Jehovah, your God. All right. Now you got to focus in your attention on this one, or you miss it, and I think that's what they did. Notice the words, when I brought them out. He didn't say 40 years. He said, when I brought them out. So maybe tab Tabernacles isn't about 40 years of wandering. Maybe it's about the initial exodus when God brought them out. And maybe there's a reason that that time, those, those days, were very significant. What if Tabernacles is actually a second part of the celebration of the Passover, but without the lamb and the unleavened bread? Kind of like the Day of Atonement. We talked about Yom Kippur and how it's really Passover and the crossing into that veil. So those two are really connected. What if everything's connected to Passover? A lot more so. Exodus 12 begins in Egypt at the first Passover or Pesach, and God tells them what to do to avoid encountering the death angel. Then God instructs Moses how he wants them to celebrate the Exodus in the years ahead. They'll take a lamb, inspect the lamb, kill the lamb, eat the lamb on a certain day, but the future Passovers won't include blood on the doors or a death angel, and instead of just one meal, it'll be a week-long festival. Hmm. Well, then back in real time, the Exodus begins as the death angel arrives, decimates all the firstborn in Egypt, people and animals. All of Israel is safe because of the blood of the lambs. So Pat, Pharaoh releases the Israelites and the rest of the grieving Egyptians are afraid and they beg them to leave, which allows the Jews to plunder them of silver, gold, clothing, and pretty much all they requested. They begin the journey and after three days, they arrive at a place in the desert with a very familiar name, 
You ready? When the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Succoth. Now, wait a second. That's the same word as Sukkot. It's exactly the same word. About 600,000 men on foot besides children. A mixed multitude went up with them also in flocks and herds, a great deal of livestock, and they baked unleavened cakes of the dough which they had brought out of Egypt. So think about this for a moment. The escaping Israelites' first stop was a town with a Hebrew name of Sukkot. What's the Hebrew name of Sukkot doing three days out of Egypt? To understand how that's possible, you need to turn the pages back a few hundred years to walk in the footsteps of Jacob, the man who brought his family to Egypt, the same family that has grown and grown into the millions and now has been rescued from slavery, the Israelites. In the book of Genesis, we meet Jacob and his brother Esau, who Jacob cheats of his inheritance and blessing, which inspires Jacob to flee lest he be killed. 20 years pass and Jacob is raising his family and begins a journey to return to his parents and his ancestral lands. This puts him right into the path of Esau, who, to Jacob's great surprise, no longer wanted to kill him, but instead <laughs> welcomed him back with open arms and they restored their strained relationship. Jacob continues his travels when he reached a safe place. He stopped and guess what he made? Sukkot for his family and flocks. And later, when he continued his journey, the Sukkot remained and became the place's namesake. Genesis 33. So that day Esau started on his way back to Seir. Jacob, however, went to Succoth, where he built a place for himself and made shelters for his livestock. That's why the place is called Succoth. So it turns out that the name Sukkot came from Jacob. For clarity's sake, now, this town in Israel is about 300 miles from the town by the same name in Egypt. But Jacob made it. So I have a theory. It's not mine personally, but I think there's some clarity here to maybe what this Feast of Tabernacles is really about that maybe gives us a clue into the millennia age as well. So we'll wrap that mm. up next.